Thanks for listening. The following is an audio presentation from High Country Christian Church. For more information, please visit www.highcountrychristian.com. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. I've got a lot of things that I want to share with you this morning, so I'm going to try to do this as quickly and as efficiently as I can. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. I feel like I'm getting a little bit of a ring on the microphone here, gentlemen. If y'all will help me out with that, I appreciate it. We got such a great team of sound experts and gurus back there. They're, they're fantastic. So, Romans chapter 8, verse 28 says, And we know all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. Have you ever read this scripture before? Have you ever heard it? How many of you, by show of hands, you've heard this message preached before? You've heard this verse talked about before? Maybe you've talked about it or shared it with somebody this before. And I guess the question that I have for us today is, have you ever heard it explained this way? When, when talking about all things working together for good, have you ever heard this verse explained this way. Well, you know, God works all things together for our good. We can't explain why the wheels are falling off in our life, but somehow this was God's idea, and it's all going to work out in the end if you just keep holding on, brother. Anybody ever heard it explained to you that way before? Most people, unfortunately, comprehend this scripture to mean that the painful situation that they find themselves in has been orchestrated by God and is somehow part of God's plan for them. And that there's nothing that they can do except to hold on and tolerate it until God's done doing whatever mysterious thing he's wanting to do in your life. You ever heard it explained to you that way? Don't worry, I'll explain what this ladder is doing here in just a second. <laughs> I've heard it explained that way before. Well, you know, brother, you know, I, I, know that, I know that you can't make your rent payment this month. But you know, brother, God's working all things together for your good. Right? Forget the fact that you bought 12 pairs of Air Jordans and a new flat screen and went to McDonald's nine times in the last week. And somehow can't afford to pay your mortgage. But you know, brother, God's working. And I have no doubt at all that God can redeem any and every situation. Amen? No matter what kind of mess we found ourselves in. No matter whether it was in our control or out of our control. What I have found is that this verse is so often used by well-meaning, God-fearing, Jesus-loving people to try to help soothe themselves in their situation. That, oh man, things are going so bad and I don't know how they got this bad. I don't know how this happened. I can't really figure it out, but I've just gotta, I just gotta just, you know, hold on to the fact that maybe God's working in my life somehow. 
This interpretation of this scripture bothers me when people interpret it that interpret it that way not interpretate that's not a word interpret i think it's because i'm wearing this sweater this morning this is carolina blue and and we're actually duke fans in our house because because and if if i know if josh honeycutt is watching this morning don't read anything into this bro this is just i just absolutely i really like this brand and i actually like this color but we're actually duke fans in our house and the reason that we're Duke, well, the reason that we're Duke fans is because that's what my wife told me that I was. She said, you're a Duke fan. And I said, okay, Coach K, all right, here we go. Praise God. Yeah, amen. Amen. I think that's why I messed that word up, because I'm wearing the rival team colors this morning. It bothers me when people interpret that verse that way. And the reason is because to interpret that verse that way is to divorce it from its context and to segment and separate that verse and to isolate it from what Paul is teaching us in the whole of Romans chapter 8 and for that matter, the whole of Romans. If you really want to know what verse 28 of chapter 8 means, you got to start reading in Romans 1.1. Now we're not going to do that for the sake of time because I want to make sure you all get to lunch today. But there's so much in this passage, and the unfortunate reality is that many people feel the need to use this scripture to validate their problems. Amen. Is it okay if I step on some toes this morning and kick over some sacred cows? Uh, Don't worry, I'll be stepping on my own toes too. Oftentimes, people feel the need to use this scripture to validate their problems. It paints God out to be this mysterious, absentee Savior who accomplishes his will by punishing his his sons and daughters. God's going to get his will across. He's going to get his word to come to pass in your life, whether you like it or not. But see, no no good parent understands, or any good parent understands that's not how it works. When, when my will is not coming to pass in the lives of my kids, it grieves me. Amen? It hurts me. When I see that I've told my children, hey, don't do this, and they start to do it anyway, and then they get hurt, that hurts me as much as it hurts them. You see, when things are going sideways in our lives, so many times, God's been there the whole time going, turn left, turn left, turn left, turn left, and we just keep turning right and hitting this wall, and then we go, why, God? All things work together for good. What are you trying to do in my life, God? I'm trying to get you to turn left. Amen. The unfortunate reality is that many people feel the need to use this verse in particular to validate their problems rather than zero in on the solution that Paul is presenting in this passage. There's a solution here for those who would study this verse in its context. And for the record, I'm not saying this or preaching this to preach to any one person specifically in here, okay? So please don't think that at all. I want want you to be so stirred up and built up and strengthened and helped by the time you leave today, okay? But this is a great example of why context is so important. 
especially with a scripture like this, because if I remove this verse from its context, I can make it go any direction I want it to go, right? And even good preachers do this from time to time. I've taken scriptures out of their context many times, but I try not to. So what I want to do is really bring clarity to this passage today, and I intend to do my best uh, and just to teach it to you this morning, if that's okay. That's why I brought some props with me today. My child is one of those props. So we're going to get to that in just a second. But here's the deal. If we're going to understand verse 28, we're going to need to back up and read some of its context first, okay? So let's go back to verse 26. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. You'll see it on the screen. It says, likewise, the Spirit also helps, everybody say helps, in our weaknesses. For we do not know, everybody say, we do not know. Say it again. We do not know. Tell your neighbor, we do not know. (laughs) That statement is really, really important. That statement, we do not know, is very, very important. Hold on to that statement because it's going to come back around here in a little bit. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Verse 27. Now he that searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Okay, That's the context. So let's back up to verse 26 again and let's pick this apart a little bit. I'm going to take you to Greek school this morning. You want to go to Greek school with me? Let's just imagine we're in Santorini out by the beach eating some gyros or something like that. And we're going to just talk a little bit of Greek today. It's all Greek to me. Verse 26 starts out by talking about our weaknesses. Let me ask you, what is our weakness? What is our weakness? We don't know how to pray as we ought. Remember, I made you repeat it. We don't know. We don't know. What is it that we don't know? We don't know what we should pray for as we ought to. And I love the fact that it says we don't know what we should pray for. It doesn't say we don't know how to pray. How many of you know how to pray? You know how to talk to God. We know how to pray. The problem is that when life gets tough, we don't know what we should be praying for in every single given situation. Do you want to know why? Because we're not all knowing. How many of you just know everything, right? How many of you think you know everything? How many of your spouses would agree? No, we don't know everything. We're not all knowing. I'm not the Holy Spirit, and neither are you. We don't know what to pray for in every single situation. You're going to face issues in your life, and I guarantee you ahead of time, you're not going to know everything you need to know to pray effectively in that situation. But the reality is you have somebody in your life who does know everything about everything all the time. And what's cool is you don't have to look any farther than the inside to find him. How many of you recognize that the Holy Spirit, when you got saved, took up residence on the inside of your heart? He lives closer to you than your next breath. 
So we have this incredible resource of the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us, and so many times he's the last place we check when things get tough, right? So Paul says we, we got a problem, we got a weakness, we got an issue here. We don't know what to pray. In the Greek, this verse indicates that we don't know what every situation requires. I love that. We don't know what every situation requires. How many of us have prayed in situations, quoted every scripture, prayed everything we knew, did everything we knew to do, and still didn't feel like we were getting anywhere? I love what, what Pastor Rick Renner says. I'm going to quote him later in this, in this sermon. But he says that every problem has a root. Every situation's got a root. Every, every decision that you make has a right answer. And, and you and I may not know what that right answer is. Every challenge that we face has a root. And if we'll get to the root, if we'll let the Holy Spirit show us what is the root of this issue, I can pray effectively and I can see victory in this area. Amen? God, thankfully has created a way for us to overcome this limitation and this obstacle of not being all-knowing. What is that answer? What is that way that we overcome? Well, it's the Holy Spirit. And it's the Holy Spirit helping us. Look what it says here. We don't know what we should pray as we ought, but the Holy Spirit himself makes intercession for us. With groanings which can't be uttered. Some of your older translations like the King James may say the Holy Spirit itself. I'm here to tell you the Holy Spirit's not an itself. He's not an it. He's a him. Amen. He's a, he's a person. He's part of the Godhead. He's part of God and he's got a personality and he's got wisdom and he's got insight and he's got thoughts and he's got feelings and he's got desires and he wants to communicate all of that to you. Amen. So how do, how do we get over this obstacle? The Holy Spirit helps us. You see that first line? Likewise, the Holy Spirit also helps. That word helps, that little tiny English word helps, is a massive word in the Greek. Now, I got some slides that I'm going to show you. And uh, hold on before we show those slides. Let me get into position here with my stuff. Claire, grab a chair. Come on with me. Claire's going to be every Christian, and I'm going to be the Holy Spirit. Give me that. All right, have a seat. Okay. Everybody see this okay? We getting this on camera, Sean? All right, we're good. I got the thumbs up. Praise God. Now, this word helps is what I want to illustrate for us this morning and take just a few moments, okay? Likewise, the Spirit also helps. Small word in the English Huge word in the Greek. Let's put it up on the screen. Here it is. Look at that. Right? This looks, this Greek word, I'm telling you, this is a real Greek word, but it looks like somebody just took their forehead and hit the keyboard, and that's what came out. Isn't it? Isn't that amazing? No, it's actually, it's actually the word sunantilambanomai, sunantilambanomai, sunantilambanomai. And it's the word help. Let me tell you a little bit about this word because this word is going to change your life today, okay? You ever had a Greek word change your life? 
This word is going to change your life today. This word, sunantilambanomai, this is actually the first time that this word was ever used in either a biblical or secular context. That is incredibly cool because that tells me that the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul had to actually come up with a new word and actually create a new word to describe the powerful thing that he does in us when he helps us. Amazing. This is a compound word of three other Greek words. Let's put up that second slide. Oh, look, they beat me to it. You guys are good. Soon anti-lambanomai. It's probably a little easier to understand if we break it down a little bit. Most Greek compound words, by the way, when I went to Bible college, Greek was my favorite subject. So I get to especially nerd out this morning, and I'm so excited about it. Most of your Greek words that you see in the New Testament are compounds of two words, but this is actually a compound of three. This is kind of an unusual Greek word. Soon anti Lambanomai. Now we're going to define each of those for you, and Claire's going to help me. She doesn't know what she's getting ready to do, but uh, it's going to be fun for all of us. The word soon, you can put up the third slide. The word soon, we'll break this down one bite at a time, means in conjunction with or with. Soon means in conjunction with something. Or with someone. It literally means to do something in conjunction with someone else. So remember, this word is describing what the Holy Spirit does, right? So how many of you are glad that when the Holy Spirit comes to help you, he gets in conjunction with you? He doesn't do it from far away. He doesn't shout down from heaven, hey, thinking about you. (laughs) Sending prayers and thoughts. Sending you lots of good vibes from heaven. Come on. Come on. Aren't you glad that the Holy Spirit is nicer than most Christians? Most Christians are like, I'm praying for you, brother. The Holy Spirit actually will get in conjunction with you. He actually wants to get in the soup with you. He wants to get down where you are. He doesn't want to just deal with your problem from far away so that he can keep his hands clean. He wants to get in the soup with you and start to deal with the problem that you're facing. Soon, anti-lumbanomai. How you doing? (laughs) This is fun. It's fun for both of us. The Holy Spirit's not going to deal with you from far away. Here's the deal. The Holy Spirit actually wants more than a casual relationship with you. He actually wants, he doesn't want this to only happen when you're in a tough spot. He actually wants to, would it make it easier if you sat on my lap? Sure. Here, come here. We're family, it's cool. He actually wants this to be the way that you relate all the time. This is how close he wants to be to you perpetually. He's always interested in being close, in being soon, in conjunction with you. Amen? All right, sit back down. Now let's keep moving. Let's go on to anti. Now this one's kind of easy because we use this word, anti, all the time. She's anti this. He's anti that. Anti-gluten. Anti-normal. I don't know. (laughs) It means against or opposite to. I love that it doesn't just mean against. It means opposite to. The Holy Spirit is adamantly opposed 
to your issue. The Holy Spirit is adamantly opposed to the situation that you find yourself in that's causing you pain. Come on, can I get a better amen than that? God's not on the side of your problem. He's on the side of your solution. So the question is, which side are you going to be on? Hello? Amen. He's adamantly opposed. He is anti your lack of ability to be all-knowing. When you get into a tough situation and it's time to pray and get some answers for God, the Holy Spirit is never holding back the answer. He's actually more opposed to the problem than you are. He's anti. He is vehemently opposed. Do you want to know why? It's because of how much he loves you. It's because of how much God loves you that he's adamantly opposed to the issue that you find yourself in. He's not on the same side as your problem. He's on the same side as the solution. Amen. So the Holy Spirit's going to get in the soup with you. He's going to get in the chair with you. And then when he's there in that chair, you've got to recognize he is opposed to this problem that you are facing. He is against the issue that you find yourself dealing with. And then the third part of that verse is the word lambanomai. It's the, it's, it comes from the root word lambano, which means to take something. But it means more than just to take. It's a forceful word in the Greek. It means to take as one's own, to take for one's self, to make something one's own, to claim it, to procure it for oneself. In other words, the Holy Spirit takes my weakness and takes your weakness and takes ownership of it as though it was his for the intention and for the express purpose of snuffing it out. Glory to God. So watch this. The Holy Spirit, you got a problem, Mrs. Christian. You got a problem. You don't know how to figure this out. You need some wisdom from God. So you say, help me, Holy Spirit. It's, yeah, go ahead, say it. There you go. You know, sometimes the most effective prayer you can pray is, Jesus, help. Holy Spirit, help. Help. I don't know what to do. Help. I need somebody, not just anybody. I need someone to help. You get, you get in that situation, and you just need some help. What happens when you cry help to the Spirit of God? He comes, and he says, here I am, baby. I'm in the situation with you. And you know what? I'm vehemently opposed to that thing. We're going to get this together. We're going to lambano. We're going to take a hold of this situation, and we're going to snuff it out together. You are not alone when you're in a problem. You are not by yourself when you're in a challenging situation. You're just one breath, one prayer, one help away from the Holy Ghost coming into your situation, grabbing a hold of your problem, and getting ready to snuff it out. Glory to God. Don't get me preaching in here this morning, y'all. What's amazing is when we put all these things together, these three amazing words into one. Let me read you what Pastor Rick Renner says about this word. He's a Greek scholar. He knows a lot more than me. And he said, this word means to take hold of something with someone else, gripping it together as tightly as possible and throwing your combined weight against it to move it out of the way. I bet you never realized that little word help had so much in it. Amazing, right? So now what? Okay, we prayed, we asked the Lord for help. He got in the mix with us. He got in our situation. He's vehemently opposed to it. He's gonna grab a hold of it and he's gonna help us. How does he do that? Verse 27. 
I'll wait for it. There we go. Verse 27. He who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, for he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. How many of you know what the word intercession means? Nobody. Okay. Uh, the word intercession, here's a really simple way to understand what intercession means. Intercession simply means to make up the difference for something or for someone. This is where the latter comes in. Intercession means to do for you what you can't do for yourself. How many of you know God specializes in doing things for you that you can't do for yourself? All you got to do is open to literally any page in the Bible, and you will find an example of God interceding for somebody. God interceded for David when he needed a rock. God interceded for Moses when he needed a way through the Red Sea. When they, when they needed something to eat, he interceded with manna. He interceded with quail. Amen? When, when, Dave, when Daniel was in the lion's den and needed a way out, God interceded by stopping the mouths of the lions. You pick a Bible character, and I will show you 10 ways from Sunday how God loves to intercede for people. He loves to do for them what they can't do for themselves. So imagine this picture, this sunanti lambanamai is going on. God's gotten in the mix with you. And now he's going to help you deal with this issue by intercession, by interceding. And notice what it says. He makes intercession for who? The saints, that's who? You, right? Me, all of us, right? So the Holy Spirit making intercession for us According to what? The will of God. You see, the problem when we get into situations and challenges that are outside of our control and issues that we face, so often the problem is we need to determine what is the will of God in this situation for me? How do I deal with this situation accurately? Let me tell you a story real quick of uh, a pastor who was called in to pray for, for a lady who had gotten sick with cancer. This cancer was riveting her body. And he was called and, and asked to come and pray. And when he got to the place where she was in the hospital, she was so overcome with cancer that the doctors kept, kept opening and closing the different incisions that they made in her body just to clean her up because the cancer was so profuse in her body, she was literally leaking cancer. It was terrible. It was bad news bears. It was game over. And so this pastor got to the hospital to pray, and when he got there, there was like 10 other pastors there, and everybody was there praying. And all those pastors were praying the same thing. They were praying, Lord, by Jesus' stripes, we know that she's healed. We're, we're trusting you. Thank you, Jesus. They're praying all the things they know to pray, praying the word, doing things effectively. And this pastor said, Lord, why am I here? All these guys are already praying the same things I'm going to pray. Why did you want me to come here? Help, Holy Spirit. I'm in a situation I don't have an answer for. And he said that in that moment, the Holy Spirit said to him, here's what I want you to do. I want you to lay down across her legs on the bed and pray in other tongues. Pray in the Spirit. And he said, really? That seems kind of uncomfortable for literally everybody, <laughs> especially me. And the Holy Spirit was adamant. He said, no, this is what I want you to do. 
So he started praying with the other pastors that were there, and he did a very slick ministry move. He said, I want to have every head bowed and every eye closed. (laughs) This is a true story. And he laid across her bed and began to pray in other tongues boldly. And while he was praying for her, all of a sudden she said, oh, why did they do that to me? Oh, why did they hurt me so? Why would they do that to me? And she began to weep. And after she had wept for a while and came back to herself, she began to tell them the story of how when she was a child, her sister had passed away. And she felt rejected. And then as time went on, her father had passed away. And then her brother had passed away. And all these things happened closely in time to one another. And she felt nobody was there for her. She felt rejected. And she embraced a spirit of rejection and took upon herself this burden of rejection. And now her body was rejecting her too. Do you know that within a week's time, her cancer was gone, completely turned around? Why? Because somebody got the mind of God. Somebody went into a situation and got a hold of wisdom from heaven and said, Lord, help. Holy Spirit, help. This is a situation I don't know how to fix. I need your wisdom. And as he prayed and the Holy Spirit came and soon antilambanomai got in the situation and said, here's how I want you to pray. Here's what I want you to do. What was he doing? He was making intercession for the saints according to the will of God. You see, the will of God was for that lady to be healed. Amen. How does he do this? John chapter 16. You don't have to turn there. I just want to read this to you. John 16, verse 13 through 15 in the New Living says this. It says, when the spirit of truth comes. Who's the spirit of truth? The Holy Spirit, right? He's the Spirit of truth. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. This is Jesus talking. All that belongs to the Father is mine. Everybody say the will of God. All that belongs to the Father is mine. The will of God. This is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. You see, when you're in the situation, when you're Mrs. Christian here in the situation, you don't have the answer. You don't know what to do. You, you have this weakness that you're, you're not all-knowing. And so you pray, help, Holy Spirit. And what does he do? He gets right in there with you. He says, okay, baby, I'm going to help you. I'm going to take hold of this weakness, this inability to know what to do, and I'm going to help you grab a hold of it and snuff it out. Here's how I'm going to do it. I'm going to go get the will of God for you that you can't reach on your own. Hey, try to grab that. Try to grab that without moving. Can't do it, can you? I'm going to take what is the will of God way up here in God's heart for you, and I'm going to bring it right down and put it right in your lap and show you exactly how to pray, show you exactly how to proceed, show you exactly what to do in every single situation. So now what happens? Verse 28. Now what happens? What are the first three words of that verse? 
and we know. I thought we didn't know. I thought we, oh God, I thought we didn't know. I thought we didn't know what we were supposed to do. We didn't until we got the Holy Ghost involved. We didn't until we got God's perspective on the situation, until we got the Holy Ghost to go get the will of God and bring it right down to us because he got right in the mix with us. He wasn't afraid to get close to us. And now we know exactly what to do and what happens. What is the expectation? What should we be believing for? All things working together the way they're supposed to. See, this isn't a verse meant, written by Paul, to pacify our weak moments. This was a verse written to us by Paul so that we would grab a hold of God's will and see victory come to pass in our lives. This was a verse that wasn't given to us so that I would make excuses. Come on. Come on, let's kick over some sacred cows. This wasn't given to me so I could make some excuses, right? This was given to me so I would apprehend God's plan for my life. So I would seek the Lord, so that I would get before God and say, Lord, help me. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Give me your wisdom. Give me your insight. Give me your understanding. Give me some knowledge that I didn't have before. Show me, God, what I need to do. Here's the cool thing. Where it says all things work together, all things work together, that is the Greek word, that we get our word synergy from. You know what the word synergy means? It means something working together in harmony, multiple things, multiple components coming together to work in harmony. It's like your car engine. When you crank it up, when you turn the key, things start to work in synergy. The pistons start to fire, valves start opening and closing, oil and gas and engines and sparks and metal, everything starts moving. But how about when something ain't working together? What happens when you're like me, driving down I-75 in Sarasota, Florida, and your Honda Civic that you love so much that you have waxed so many times for the ladies? (laughs) I mean, I put beautiful wheels on that car. I had a system in that car. It was my favorite thing. And here I am driving down the road, and what happens? It threw a piston rod. It threw a piston rod right outside the side of that engine. I pulled over, and all, I looked under the car, and it was Niagara Falls of oil. Just, just I said, this is not good. And that's, that's our life sometimes. That's the situation you may find yourself in sometimes. Like, oh, dear God, this is not good. What do you need in that moment? You need synergy. You need everything coming back together to work the way that it's supposed to. And when that happens, you can drive faster than you can walk. You see, synergy creates momentum and moves you forward so that you can do things you wouldn't have been able to do without the synergy. They discovered this when they, when, when they started pulling stuff with horses thousands of years ago. You see, one horse can maybe pull 500 pounds or 1,000 pounds. I should ask Frankie. Frankie knows. He knows horses. One horse should be able to pull, let's say, 1,000 pounds. And so when you get two horses together, you think, 1,000 plus 1,000, 2,000, but somehow they can pull 3,500 pounds. What is that? That's synergy. And that's what this word, work together, is all about. It's a single word in the Greek. And it means that when the Holy Spirit has delivered to you the will of God, when he has shown you how to pray, how to think, how to act according to his will, something more powerful than you gets behind you and starts to push you forward, and you're now able to move things you couldn't move before. 
And you're now able to overcome things you couldn't overcome before. And the situation that just moments ago looked like it was the end of your life, now all of a sudden has some hope in it. This verse is not meant for you and I to hang our hat on and say, you know what? Oh, man, I'm just going to hold on to God's unchanging hand. I don't know why things are so bad in my life. If I could just get somebody to come around and help me. No, the Holy Spirit's living on the inside of you. It's not that people don't want to help you. It's that you've got some resource on the inside of you that you need to tap into and say, greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. And all I've got to do is press into what God has in store for me, and he'll show me how to pray. He'll show me how to respond. He'll show me which direction to go. And then all of a sudden, I will find myself in the middle of verse 28 where all things are working together for my good. And you'll go, oh, how did I get here? It was simple. You just asked God for directions. You went from a we don't know to a and we know all things work together. Amen. Come on, let's stand up to our feet this morning. Hallelujah. You're good. You can, go, you can go sit down. Yeah, you're good. God's creating, I believe, a synergy among all the pieces and the parts of our lives. You see, we get a revelation like this, and, and, and it, it has the potential to change things within our lives and in our circumstance. I'm not here to say that nothing challenging is ever going to happen. I don't want to paint the wrong picture that this is, you know, some life is some glorious bed of roses and you're never going to, you know, stumble. Even Axl Rose knows that every rose has its thorns, right? I mean, come on. Even the world knows that life is not perfect. The question is not what, do, what happens when bad things happen to me. The question is how do I respond when bad things happen to me? How do I respond when the challenge gets right up in my face. Do I fall to pieces or do I fall on the rock? Do I fall back into the arms of Jesus or do I fall to pieces and start cursing everything around me? You see, I believe that what God wants to do in your life this morning is he wants to bring the pieces of your life together and create that synergy that we talked about. It's no wonder that Paul goes on only three verses later. We're not, we didn't go there for time's sake, but sometime... You ought to go read the whole of Romans 8. But only literally three verses later, Paul says, what shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He's not looking for an answer because it's a rhetorical question. If you can find somebody that can be against you, that doesn't hold a candle to when God is for you. Why? Because when he is for you, he's working things in your life and bringing things around and turning things around. And all you and I have to do is ask the Holy Spirit for his help. Amen. All of us are called according to his promise or according to his purpose. Remember the last line of that verse? All things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. All of us are called according to his purpose. The question is, do I love him enough to get close to him? Because he said these things work together to those that love God and are called according to his purpose. You're called according to his purpose today. God's got a plan and a purpose for your life. He's got a direction for you to go. He's got something for you to, to grab a hold of with faith and say, Lord, I know this is your plan for me. I'm gonna do it by faith. You are called according to his purpose. The question is, do you love him enough this morning to get close to him?
Do you love him enough to ask him, help, Lord, come into my situation and help me? Do I love him enough to get close enough to hear him that when he speaks to me, I'll hear it and I'll obey? This is the moment when we get to answer that question. We hope that this message inspired you and filled your heart with faith. If you would like to visit our church, check out www.highcountrychristian.com for service times and location information. Thanks again for listening to this audio presentation from High Country Christian Church, where Jesus loves you, we love you, and your life counts.